Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to another edition of Nerdificent. I am one half of your host, Danny Fernandez. I am back. I am here if he was holding it down, very much holding it down while I was gone and off on magical adventures. If he, thank you. Oh, you know, I'm always down and clown. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm just stalling while I eat this keto chocolate. Your boy's it's back fine. on keto. Keto watch. I'm back on keto. I was off for a bit, but your boy's back. Yes, actually, Ify and I went to a party this weekend, and he texted me and said, I'm going to drink, but um, I'm going on a cleanse tomorrow. And I thought it was so <laughs> funny that you had to you had to validate with me why you, because I was definitely going to be drinking. I didn't care. It was just funny that you had to let me know, hey, by the way, like I'm going back on my cleanse tomorrow. Yeah, well, because, you know, certain friends, um, more specifically, Ronnie Adrian likes to tease me about how I'm like keto online. But like when I have my cheat moments, that's never online. So, you know, I'm just saying. Uh, thank I'm you. Back. OK, thanks. Thank you. Um, we're joined today by writer, podcaster Aaron Mallory Long. Hey. Hi. Uh, yeah. What's up? How are you doing? I mean, I'm doing great. I Look. To be quite honest, I just got back from Japan and I'm a little confused about what day it is. I so. know. I'm so sorry. I like texted you to come on and like she got all my texts at once because she was on the airplane. And I'm like, listen, we're doing spoiler. We're talking about X-Files and you have to be on because you're the person that I know knows the most about X-Files. I mean, it's just it's one of those things that has been such a part of my life. Yeah, X Files, and then also being sleep deprived. Both of those things. <laughs> Both of those things interchangeably. Um, well, we have been starting out our show by asking people what they're geeking out about. I have been thinking about this, and I'm gonna keep mentioning it because I was just on a trip. Um, no, I watched um, the whole season of Dead to Me on Netflix, like on my flight over to Japan, and so it's like one of those things where it's like. The altitude and then also like watching something in one sitting and stuff where I felt like I got so like 
cued into it and was like so emotionally invested in everything that was happening. So that's the first thing that came to my mind what about like the, what I'm geeking out about. Yeah, what is the show about? It's like you can't even describe what the show's about, but it's Christine Applegate and Linda Cardellini who I love, both of them. And then I just feel like Linda Cardellini doesn't get enough like roles like this. Like she's always like the wife in a movie that gets nominated for an Oscar. And I'm like, and she has like three lines. You're and I'm like specifically about Green Book. Specifically Green Book, <laughs> but it's happened a lot of times. She's also the wife in, in um, uh, Avengers. Mar- yeah, yeah. Avenger- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like where With she's Hawkeye. just like, hey, Hawkeye. Like it's just like, mm-hmm. and then she disappears, you know, like. So I, I just was sort of like, oh, it's so nice that she's like, back on this thing like I've loved her I love her because of Freaks and Geeks so it's like nice that she's like around as a thing James Marsden is in it who I love um but it was really it's really good it's like one of those like you know twist shows it's like, about grief right yes like they, okay. yes like Christine App- Applegate's husband has just died at the start okay. of the start of the series um but it just goes a million places I wasn't expecting and I really liked it it's like adult search party, kind of. Okay. If that makes sense. No, I've seen a ton of people tweeting about it. Yeah, I really, 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 really enjoyed it. But Ify, what are you geeking out about? Oh, man, I'm still on my Final Fantasy fourteen grind. You know, they had a huge event. I think I might have talked about this last episode, but they had a huge event where you can win the Regalia, which is the car they drive in Final Fantasy fifteen. But... You can only get it through winning, uh, like, fake money within the game because there's a gold saucer in the game which is like a prominent final fantasy casino Mm -hmm. and so you had to like grind up to like two hundred thousand um mgp which is the fake currency and uh yeah i spent all sunday going in for it and i did get my car i have the regalia and i'm geeking out about how cool i look driving around town so when you're because were you streaming during that time so everyone got to watch you do it oh no this was, it this was, was like a private, intimate it moment. It was a private because it was so <laughs> mind numbingly like I was just bouncing from one thing. I, it, because the way the casino works is there's these group events every 20 minutes, and that, that gives you the opportunity to win about 4,000 MGP. Then I would do chocobo racing in between, which would only give me about 300, but there was challenges that if you did X amount of chocobo racings, you would get like a bonus 8,000. So it was like very just mind numbing, like grinding. That I was like, this isn't going to be entertaining. <laughs> gotcha. I bet somebody still would. I bet you'll get a tweet like, I still would have been there and watched you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, the thing I'm geeking, I'm geeking out about two movies, um, Booksmart and Aladdin. Um, one, I was gone for two weeks because I was hosting, uh, with Disney. If you went to the premiere with me, which I got to host at, I want to just say, if you haven't been following me on Twitter, Will Smith is the kindest, nicest man. Like just, he has every, it was so crazy because I was sitting there and he was like giving a pep talk to everyone. He's like such a hype man. Like he just is, he exudes positivity. He's the same person on camera as he is off camera. He's just such a nice, nice guy, which, you know, being in Hollywood, we don't always run into that. Uh, And he has every reason to act egotistical or whatever because he is such a huge star and he's not. Like he was just such a dream to work with. Um, But what I wanted to say is Booksmart is... um, hilarious it's a female-led female-directed film uh that everyone should go out and see it's a coming-of-age story just really funny i know iffy and i both loved it oh yeah that was gonna be my pick and then i uh, backed out at the last second 
<laughs> the way I've been pitching it to people is it's just super bad with girls. And I think it's I'm really I'm more excited for the like teens of this generation to like watch that and be like charged up on that. Movie yeah. Scene. Yeah. It had great queer representation in it as well. Um, so that and then also Aladdin was number one in the box office and it has two uh, POC. Lead, I mean, three POC leads. I mean. Uh, it was super awesome. I know our friend Malcolm Barrett, who is on our shark, uh, our Street Sharks episode, was talking about how, you know, another director a couple decades ago said, "Oh, I can't, um, I can't have someone whose name is Muhammad as my lead character." You know, whatever. Yep, you can go and uh, I know. Uh, and now we have something that made like a hundred, what a hundred million, like opening oh, yeah. that has uh, Mina Masood, who plays Aladdin, who's relatively, you know, um, he's been in a couple of things, but this was definitely a breakout for him. And Naomi Scott, who plays Jasmine, who um, they really updated her character, I think, for this for 2019. So those are my thoughts. Those are the things that I'm geeking out about. It was really cool to see. Um, a POC-led film do so well, and then I hope that everyone goes out and go see this female-directed, uh, female-led film in Booksmart. So my two. I can't wait to see both of those, man. So excited. Yeah, those I are know. my two. Um, so we are talking about X-Files. Yes. 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 <laughs> I guess I remember um, the first thing I think of is is the theme song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the 90s. I mean, that's what yeah. I think of as, like, staying... It uh, is. It's so 90s. And like, also, like, something about like aliens is so 90s to me. I mean, obviously, just like alien iconography, like that little face, I feel like was everywhere when we were kids and stuff. But like, something, I feel like we were all collectively obsessed with aliens in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember Fox having that like alien autopsy show too, oh, which yes. I loved. Also, Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> yes. And Unsolved yes. Mysteries in general. Scariest yes. thing I've ever seen. You know, so it was like X-Files was kind of like this culmination of like everything that was happening. And like when when I started falling in love with it, it was like from coming out of like me being like, oh, this is a show my dad really likes. Therefore, it's an adult show. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm smart if I like it. Like (laughs) I'm like smart. I can handle scary. Like even though at the time, like Are You Afraid of the Dark used to terrify me. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm going to watch The X-Files. Like this is going to be, this is like my thing. (laughs) Yeah. It was just a little too smart for me. (laughs) That's so funny to say. (laughs) It was just a little, like, yeah, I was, I mean, at that time that you were watching, I was watching, um, uh, Are you afraid of the dark? Mm-hmm. Goosebumps, like yeah. those were more on my level. Yeah, and I always thought that uh, that X Files was creepy, but it was just a little too old for me, where I didn't always know what was going on. Yeah. Um, if you do you remember the first time that you watched X Files? Uh, yeah, I remember. I did like watch it a lot, mostly because my like aunts and mom were really into it, so I, I had no choice but to sit there and watch it with them. <laughs> but I did. I, I'll never the episode that. I'll never forget is the crossover they had with cops. Yes. That was my <laughs> cops. Yeah. Oh my god. The best episode. Because it was like this great level because like there was almost like like you even though it was a narrative show, there was almost this like light suspension of like this could be real because it's like the truth is out there. Yep. So when they did that, it was like, oh wait, what? <laughs> yes. Like, is this all real? What's going on? Well, and I, and I'm coming at it from like being like I think I probably started watching it when I was eight, which I would say is too young. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that is when I started watching it, and it was like coming off of me like being an elementary school kid who had a notebook entitled "Strange Things That Have Happened to Me." Oh wow. <laughs> And so I was like, 
oh my god, there's a show where adults are talking about this. I'm in. <laughs> like, Wait, what was in your book? Yeah, oh, that's... it was everything. It was like I would be like on the playground, like at my elementary school, and I like saw someone like walking over a hill, and I would like jot it down and be like, like stranger spotted, like three fourteen p.m. <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> oh my gosh, you were. Um, oh shoot, what's her name? Michelle Trackenberg's Harriet the Spy. Yeah, Harriet yeah, the yeah. Spy, another yeah. favorite of yeah. mine. I think it. I think that came from me loving the book Harriet the Spy, and then the movie Harriet the Spy, and then it like merged into me loving the X Files. Yeah. Like it was just <laughs> for people that don't know you. This is so on brand for you as a person. <laughs> Just like I was just like, yep, this is like suspicious activity, like was basically what I would write down. Or like even if I saw like a mirage like on the street, you know, like it like looks like water, I'd be like, I saw a mirage. I don't know why. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> investigate later. <laughs> I just think that a, a notebook with that title uh would alarm any adult. <laughs> That's true. Especially your daughter having like some, oh my gosh. I don't think I told my parents about it. Like, I don't think it was something that I actively like, because it was, it was meant for me to have a log of weird things so that I could track what was going on. Yeah. So I think it, in my understanding, I didn't show it to them. I don't think, I don't, I think they would be surprised to know about that. Well, (laughs) so the X-Files was inspired by earlier series that were similar to it, like the Twilight Zone, Night Gallery, Tales from the Dark Side, Twin Peaks. Um, And it is interesting because I used to watch, we were talking about Twin Peaks Mm -hmm. before we started recording, and I used to watch that and also Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. um, I did used to watch Dark Shadows. The thing about, the thing that I loved about that was that um, because it was, it's known as an American Gothic soap opera, um, <laughs> because they of the way that they recorded it, if they messed up, they just left it in there. Oh my God. Because uh, it's kind of like days of our lives. Yeah. Like, and so it would just be, you can like watch, like if they would flub a line, they just had to keep going. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but it's fascinating to me that I loved Dark Shadows and Night Gallery and Twilight Zone and didn't think that those were... Too, like too adult yeah, for me. Yeah, right, right. But I think it's because there are elements of X-Files where it seemed like nothing, re- I don't want to say nothing happened, but it was more, do you know what I'm talking about? It wasn't Absolutely. like, here's a monster. Absolutely. It was like a lot of um, adult dialogue yes. and a lot of sexual tension. Yeah. Well. Um, so the show I was thinking about was The Outer Limits. The Outer Limits oh. too. Yes. The Outer Limits as well. Maybe I'm getting, yeah, all of those essentially. Yeah, The Outer Limits too. Well, that's the, the X-Files is basically broken into Monster of the Week episodes, which are my personal favorite and I love. And then like the episodes that actually follow the story plot line, which get dry I mean they just do like they get kind of heady and like weird and especially as a kid like I was like well I don't really care about these but like let me get back to monsters let me get to the sexual tension like the x-files is where I learned about sexual tension and I was like oh I'm into this like I was like I'm in love with everyone on the show I'm in love with David Duchovny even though I'm a child like I was Mm -hmm. like this is Everything. I mean, still to this day, like if you ask me my favorite X Files episodes, it's like Arcadia, where they have to pretend to be a husband wife, uh, <laughs> and they keep making jokes about like he keeps making jokes to her about like like making a porn video or like oh, being no. like playing house. And I was like, "Yep, I'm into this." Okay, wait. <laughs> like, before you hop into all your favorites, because we will get into those, um, we should probably tell people that have never watched it <laughs> a little bit about. Um, you know, how it came to be. 
So, you know, the basics are this. The X-Files is an American science fiction drama TV series created by Chris Carter. And the original television series was airing from uh, September 10th, 1993 to May 19th of 2002 on Fox. And the program went for nine seasons with 202 episodes. A short 10th season consisting of six uh, episodes... A I short remember tenth that. Season, yeah, a short tenth season consisting of six episodes premiered on the January twenty fourth of two thousand sixteen and concluded on the twenty second of February. And following the rating success of this revival, Fox announced that in April of 2017 that the X-Files would be returning for an 11th season of 10 episodes. And that season premiered on January 3rd of 2018 and ended in March 21st of 2018. In addition to the television series, uh, two feature films came out. There was the 1998 film, The X-Files, and I remember that one, which Mm -hmm. took place as part of the TV series continuity. And then they had a standalone uh, film called The X-Files, I Want to Believe, that was released in 2008. Six years after the original television, and I think that was the one no one liked. Yeah, what? no one liked it. <laughs> was did that one have uh, uh, Duchovny? And- yeah, they were both in it. My personal problem with I Want to Believe was that they skipped over like Mulder and Scully like getting together, making a life together. <laughs> like they all of that happened off screen, so you just like oh, so the thing that all the fans yes. wanted to see, you're like so you turn on the movie and you're like. What? No. <laughs> like it was just it, it existed in this crazy place where it's like sexual tension is gone and like everything that you wanted to happen presumably has happened. Like it's just like whereas the first movie, which I made my parents take me to a midnight screening of, <laughs> um <laughs> they were like, We're not okay. Luckily they both like the X Files, but I was like, We have to go immediately when it comes out. I don't know what to tell you. I'm like thirteen. I was like, sorry, you're gonna we must really get going. like Book Smart because you are literally those girls. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so nervous. Um but it's like in that one they had the you know, the big moment for me in that movie is like when they go to almost kiss in the hallway and then like they don't kiss because Scully gets stung by the bee and then she goes down da- and uh, you know, so it's like, like tension. That is the original Jim and Pam. Yes. I the mean, re- truly, though. Like, that's what I'm I'm like. They are, Mulder and Scully are my, whatever, Your Sam Jim and Diane, Jim yeah. and Pam. Yeah. Like, that's, that's Well, them. I remember the 20, I remember when it came back in 2016, because mm-hmm. if you do you remember Loot Crate, yeah, like yeah. the Loot Crate boxes and stuff, they did like a, a, a big X-Files push. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, oh, I have these shirts, Aaron, <laughs> like that they <laughs> that they had given me. I'm like, I don't, I know someone that's going to really care about this a ton, but that was a really big deal. And yeah. then it seemed like when they brought it back in 2018, I don't know if I heard about it or if it was marketed like as much and maybe I'm just like not in the community. I think it wasn't, it wasn't brought up as much. And I think even my friends, I know a lot of people who are really into the X-Files as well. And I think even us, <laughs> like we kind of weren't necessarily there for it. I, I think a lot of people are a lot harder on the first reboot season than I think it deserves. I think it's six episodes and basically... Two of them are really good. Two of them are kind of terrible. And two are like kind of mediocre, boring, like plot ones. And that's like how the series sort of is percentage wise overall. So I felt good about it. I was like, well, this is okay. Like, this this is is, uh, what what I come to to expect. Yeah, Yeah. this is what we're used to. I remember being 14 and watching it week to week. And, you know, there'd be an episode that I'd be like, no, I didn't really care about that. That's fine. Let's get to some sexual tension and then everything (laughs) will be okay. X-Files basically for me as a preteen and teen was the closest I got to watching porn. Like it was just like, this is 
This is porn for this me. This was on Fox. I know. It, because it's all about tension. I mean, I guess it's like, it, I was basically watching Cinemax. Like, well, but you were watching, it was like um, my equivalent of like fan fiction. Yeah. Like, it's just so yeah. like, you know, well, it gets your little heart pitter-pattered. Uh, very pitter-pattered. Mm-hmm. And it's where I learned about fan fiction. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was, sure. I'm like on AIM, like into the night. With my friend who was also obsessed with the X-Files in high school, who otherwise we didn't really talk. And then it's like, she's sending me like fanfic. Like, did you read this one? Did you read this one? And I was like, okay. I'm like, up until 6 a.m. when I have to be up for school at 6.30 because I'm just like, I can't stop like reading fanfic of the X-Files. Yeah. I mean, it's just porn. Yeah, well, with me, it was uh, Buscando Amor, Segunda Cita, uh, (laughs) because they always had a hot tub scene. You oh remember buscando, God. buscando amor, segunda cita, second point. Scene. every every day, and, and they, you know, and I will say buscando amor was more diverse than blind date because buscando amor was just the uh, um, Telemundo's blind like, date, oh my God. and but like it wouldn't just be like twenty somethings, like they had straight up like episodes with like sixty year olds, that's amazing, still had them do the hot tub scene. <laughs> I watched, I mean, uh, myself and Hector Navarro, who's been on, I've watched, I watched anime on Telemundo because uh, one, it was like not as edited. And mm-hmm. also they got stuff that like we didn't get on Toonami. Oh, interesting. Uh, or for kids or whatever. Like it was, uh, yeah, we, they got stuff before we did. I didn't go to, to Telemundo with any good intentions. Wow. I don't know what I the mean... Saturday one, there was a Saturday party one where like it was obviously like their soul train, but it always had like bikini ladies dance. And I was like, bet. <laughs> Like this is I'm here every Saturday. I forget the name of it. I was gonna say, um, uh, 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 I definitely saw Goku's bare ass though. Oh, yeah, that's oh so that was your Buscando <laughs> Um Danny okay. was definitely looking for a segunda so cita. <laughs> There's a scene where he bends over and he's butt ass naked. Okay, um, Aaron, can you tell people about? So we have, um, uh, we have Scully and Mulder. Talk me through Fox Mulder, played by David Duchovny. <sighs> what is he? Still. What is his role, and what is he? What, how would you describe his personality and his like story arc? He is a believer. So like he's. I mean the whole. I think the whole. The whole setup to the show is basically what I like as well, which is just this idea of opposites and stuff. And it's like Scully, who is a doctor who is always, like, her line that she always goes to is, like, I was brought in to debunk your work. Like, she was teamed up with Mulder because Mulder was like, I need to open the X-Files and investigate all these crazy things. And the FBI is basically like, okay, Scully is an actual smart, normal person. Like, here, you go be with him (laughs) and kind of, like, work on these things. So it's like, for most of the season, I mean, even in, like, the later episodes, the later seasons after she's seen a bunch of stuff for real, she's still always like, Mulder, I don't think it could be bad. (laughs) And he's always like... I think it but is. You've actually. seen aliens. You've <laughs> yeah, seen like them. you've seen them. Even after she's been abducted, after like everything's like she's still like I don't know, like yeah. that's not physically possible. And then it always is. But so the whole the whole system is him fighting against the man actually, like and investigating the X Files and trying to figure out the truth. He has this whole backstory about his sister Samantha who disappeared when they were kids and like there's even an episode with um called Paper Hearts where there's a serial killer 
So it also combined my true crime obsession. There's the serial killer. And then like the serial killer is kind of baiting Mulder and like being like, maybe I killed your sister. And so it's like everything that Mulder does is like to investigate this strange occurrence of like his sister disappearing when he was like, does he ever find that out? I don't think so. Unless it happens in something that I didn't see. Yeah. Okay. You you would think that that's what the reboot would try to tackle. Totally. And I'm guessing they didn't. They didn't in 2016. I can't really... The problem is I don't really remember the second movie. Now, and that's the thing. It's like, I really... I like the Monster of the Week episodes so much. It's yeah. like, it, it's also the episodes that um, combine like the humor of the show and everything. Which is really what I was like drawn to as like a kid and as an adult. <laughs> like it's like if you can make me laugh and also it's like smart and like kind of interesting and scary, like then that's where I'm on board. Like that's my sweet spot. So there are some episodes of X Files which are just like that sweet spot. But basically Mulder is is called spooky Mulder and like that's his whole his whole kind of thing. The X-Files gets shut down multiple times and then reopened and they have to go do normal stuff. And it's like, so it's all this, it's all him fighting for the X-Files and like being this kind of like outcast weirdo and Scully is supposed to like normalize him. Mm. And then they have great chemistry. Yeah. And then they end up together. I do remember that. Yeah. Well, and it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt, honestly, that like David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson like, feed into that so much like it doesn't hurt that like she tweets at uh, like pictures of them and stuff and like they're always like ooh, you know like that doesn't hurt the situation yeah um so as far as scully what is her like what does she have family like what exactly is her like god she has a lot of weird things that happen there's a whole now i can't remember anything because it's like episodes that i wouldn't have rewatched a lot, but it's like there's a whole storyline with her sister and family, and it, but she mostly her main thing is she's the skeptic. She is the one who's like approaching it from like a clinical, like scientific way. She's always like going and like looking at the autopsies and stuff, and like kind of like approaching things as a doctor and clinically. And then like, he's the one who's like emotional and reactive. And like, so that's how they like balance each other out. Um, But she doesn't have that like crazy backstory that he has of like, I'm trying to figure out what happened to my sister. Like she doesn't have that exact thing. Hers is mostly like, Okay, I'm trying. I'm trying to do my job. I didn't expect to be working on the X Files, but here I am. Uh, um, so, a little known fact about David Duchovny: when he got this, he had worked in Los Angeles. At first, he wanted to focus on feature films. Um, in 1993, his manager Melanie Green gave him the script for the pilot episode of the X Files, uh, and they were both convinced that he should audition for it. And he did a terrific job. Um, and the casting director of the show was very positive towards him, but thought he was not particularly intelligent. (laughs) Um, He asked Duchovny if he could please imagine himself as an FBI agent in future episodes. Um, This is insane. 
Jillian auditioned for the role of Scully in 1993, um, and she said, I couldn't put the script down. The network wanted either a more established or, oh God, this is a, this is a, a thing of the times. The network wanted a taller, leggier, blonder, and breastier actress, you Yikes. know, for FBI stuff. Yikes. You know, for FBI <laughs> stuff. Uh, for Scully, then, oh, she was only 24 at the time? Oh my God. I, I guess she maybe be young. I mean, but she feels perpetually older than me because she is. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I think because I watched it when I was little, but holy crap, she was 24. Yeah. Chris Carter, who created it, insisted that it, Jillian had the kind of no-nonsense integrity that the role required. So apparently they went for personality as opposed to breastier. Thank God. I mean, um, <laughs> jeez. Yeah, and, and so she went on to win... Uh, the Screen Actors Guild Award in 1996 and 1997, an Emmy in 1997, and a Golden Globe in 1997. Ugh. So look what happens when you... She's yeah. the best. She's great. Also, it's like, man, everyone's in love with Gillian Anderson and thinks she's super hot, especially on the yeah. show. So it's like, I think she's you guys are fine. She's like, chill out. Hot. Yeah. Like, calm down. I always think it's interesting. I don't know if there's any, like, actual stats on this, but I always think it's interesting when I'm watching X-Files episodes because... It's odd that she has red hair, you know, like not not statistically speaking, not a lot of people have red hair, but there are always other redheads in episodes like as side characters. <laughs> there are always redheads everywhere. And I feel like it must have been an intentional choice, but I like have never looked, looked into that yeah. or anything. But it's like it's weird because in that world, there are so many redheads. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's one that's one of the spooky occurrences. Yeah. Well, you know, investigate that. Uh, we have to take a quick break and then we're hopping back into the X-Files right after this. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot. 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. And we're back. And yeah, so I wanted to talk about that iconic music <laughs> yeah, yeah so that was actually uh composed by mark snow and he got involved with the x-files through one of the executive producers and initially carter didn't have anyone in mind and a little uh, over a dozen people were considered but goodwin continued to press for snow uh which was his buddy who was the co-producer and uh he had auditioned about three times with no sign from the production staff as to whether they wanted him. And then one day, Snow's agent called him and was talking about the pilot episode and hinting that he got the job. <laughs> I would be like, did I get it or not? What the yeah, hell? Yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> three What's times, I think you know. I think you know now. There was a um, there was an episode of Rosie O'Donnell's show, <laughs> which I loved, where <laughs> David Duchovny was on, I think. And he said that Mark Snow has said that the theme music the the unheard lyrics to it are the the x-files is a show that's with hilarious music by mark snow that's so funny so i always hear that in, oh, that's in my so brain funny. that's like me going star wars yeah. and then a star wars and then a star wars exactly <laughs> same thing it's the same thing well same. that so- theme song apparently the like whistle in it was uh, inspired by the track How Soon Is Now from The Smiths. Okay, I hear that. That Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of creepy. <laughs> it's really the the title sequence with the music is oh, yeah, like they show that dead alien that yeah. always would get me. I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> the dead alien, the like close-ups of their badges and yeah. stuff like uh, so Chris Carter did talk about creating Mulder and Scully. He said, Mulder and Scully came right out of my head, a dichotomy. They are the equal parts of my desire to believe in something and my inability to believe in something, my skepticism and my faith. And the writing of the characters came very easily to me. I want, like a lot of people do, to have the experience of witnessing a paranormal phenomenon. At the same time, I want not to accept it, but to question it. I think those characters and those voices came out of that duality. Yeah, and I think that's like, it's funny because it's like, yeah, that sounds like a normal human reaction. Like, you know, I want to be like, oh, yeah, cool, weird things are happening. But also, like, the idea of that weird thing happening is terrifying. You know, like. (laughs) I've had a ton of paranormal things happen to me. Yeah. I I think also just that that combination is just like amazing storytelling and just kind of like a commonly used trope. Uh, That's it's just the odd couple. You take two people who are complete opposites and put them in a position where they're forced to be together, and it just makes so much sense. Like 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 of course you in the Alien show you want someone who believes and who doesn't believe, and it it is kind of woven together in a beautiful way in the sense that it's like okay you can look at this weird alien stuff, but we're gonna put this person in here with you. It's like, it's, it really is like one of those things that are just right there for you. Right. Totally. It just makes perfect sense. It makes everything work. And it's like, it's sort of, cause then when Scully does believe in something, 
it's so much more meaningful. Yeah. Because Mulder believes everything immediately. Yeah. So it's like. Aliens? Sounds like me. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. And Scully always questions. And it's like, for her to get to the point of believing, like, it takes so much grunt work for her that, like, you know it's real. Like, as I'm watching the X-Files as a documentary. (laughs) So you you have a more expansive knowledge of X-Files episodes than I do. What is so? Is there like a equal amount of episodes where it is an alien versus when it isn't, and uh, Scully is right, or is it mostly all aliens? No, it's pretty much always. Well, it's not even. It's not even all aliens. It's like all supernatural. The thing that Mulder is thinking it is. Yeah, yeah. I. You know, I. I do. I, one thing that I think is very interesting about the X Files is that like the two main characters, like they are not above getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, they get hurt by these things constantly. Like, they get shot even just by normal guns. Like, they get into paranormal things. Like, bad things happen to them all the time. Like, there are real stakes when you're watching it. It's not this thing where you're like, oh, but I know the main characters are going to be safe. Like, they're not safe mm-hmm. at all, which I think is was always interesting to me or, like, seemed seemed different to me somehow, you know, as you're watching the show. And what I think is, like, drawing you in is that you're, like, you literally don't know what's going to happen because you don't know what what the crazy twist is going to be. You don't know, like, anything. You know, like, they've just they've had so many different kinds of episodes and so many things that it is that it's actually – it's funny how infrequent it's aliens. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask about some of the other side characters. There's Walter Skinner – um, John Duggett or Doggett and Monica Reyes. Can you can you talk about some of the other Skinner, FBI agents? Skinner is great. Skinner is their boss, so he's um, whatever that title is. Is it ADA or am I thinking about Law and Order now? Um, an F- yeah, an AD uh, FBI AD, assistant director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AD. Because um, I also love SVU. Um, He's like their boss. And so he's always, it's like Scully is always like talking to Skinner and like he's like rain Mulder in. Like she's always trying to like not get Mulder in trouble with Skinner, like <laughs> to step in, which is kind of her role like throughout the whole thing. Um, but Doggett and Reyes, they, they are the replacement for Mulder. So it's like after the, I guess the, is it the seventh season? After the seventh season, like, Mulder only appears in a few episodes in, like, eight and nine. And, like, Doggett and Reyes came in. So that was when I'm watching it in high school, and I was like, what the f*** is that? Yeah, I mean, what happened there? <laughs> well, I think... Wait, was he doing um weeds, or... <laughs> what was he in? No, Wasn't uh, he California in Californication? Why, who was in Weeds and why did I think it was him? Um, Never mind. Californication. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they no. all, Six Feet Under, just all of them. Yeah, just any um, of those shows. He's in all of them. Well, it was a thing where they used to, because I unreasonably hated Tay Leone in the 90s, um, because she was married to David Duchovny. And then also, the story was that, like, so the production of The X Files used to always be in Vancouver. And then the story is that, like, she was like, no, you can't be, like, away all the time. And she, like, helped David Duchovny force production to move to Los Angeles. And then after that is when he, like, left. So I'm not sure if it's, like, it was, like, related to that or, like, because he had to do some weird movies mm-hmm. that he was doing at that time. Okay. Um, but it, it, it really, like, that was, like, the first experience I had of, like, a show I loved, like, really being shaken up. 
and like having something change and then being like, oh, well, I don't like this anymore. Like, yeah, that's a huge change. Like, taking away the the character, yeah. taking away one of the main characters. It was just, it was just like it was such it was such a weird shock to me that it's like I still watched all of those episodes, but I've never re- rewatched them. Like I've never revisited either of those two seasons. Oh wow! <laughs> because like I just I, I'm like it, it's to the point where even like looking at those actors, it's like Annabeth Gish and um I always forget his name who played Doggett um. From Robert Terminator. Patrick. Yeah. Robert Patrick. Um, like, I see them and I unreasonably get, like, annoyed, like, in other stuff. Because I'm like, you were in my favorite show, like, in high school. Like, like this is terrible. But so I can't even – I couldn't even tell you what their their things are. But they come in as the, like, replacement people. Um, gotcha. From Mulder, basically. So the final – So is the three of them then? Yeah. The final okay. two seasons are, like, the three of them mainly. Well, that is – Different sexual tension, I yeah, guess, or none, <laughs> or none at all. Yeah, it was maybe just I like, had a little. It was just, it was like it would have been the same thing if Scully had left. Like if Scully had left and it was just the Mulder show, I wouldn't have liked that either. Yeah, of course. Like it was just like a lot of the show for me, besides sexual tension, is just like them and their relationship and this, you know, this these different aspects, these different ways of viewing things. Um, which is what you need from both of them. And it kind of gets muddied once you throw other people in. Uh, my remembrance is that then Scully kind of, after having years of the X-Files, like she then sort of took up the Mulder role of like, no, but it is aliens, guys, mm-hmm. kind of thing, which doesn't really work for me, um, <laughs> for but me in general. to me, I get that. It seems like that would be normal, though, in her trajectory of like, she's seen yes. enough where she's like, yeah, no, you'd probably actually is aliens this Totally, time. totally. It makes sense. It makes more sense for her to finally come to that conclusion rather than in season seven still being like, Mulder, calm down. I don't think it's anything weird. I'm <laughs> sure it's normal. <laughs> I know. That's so funny. <laughs> like, There's some like really iconic um, episodes Yes. And people or villain, not villains, but aliens or whatever. Can you talk about some of those? Um, I feel like the episode that everyone always talks about, um, which, again, it's kind of like a product of the Internet where it's like, I thought it was a thing like we were just obsessed with in my family. But it's like, oh, no, everyone in the world is obsessed with that, which is this episode Home, um, where it's basically like the whole thing of it is that like, I guess they never re-aired it, but I remember watching it in like those X-Files marathons. <laughs> so I don't think that that's true, but it's like really alarming. It's really scary. They like basically come upon this farmhouse with a bunch of people that are like inbred and like just like a really scary situation. There's a really horrifying like reveal of a human being under a bed with no legs and stuff like there's just like a lot of really crazy stuff and it's based on that episode idea is based on this documentary um that is about an event that took place in upstate new york which is where i'm from um (laughs) wow and so it didn't take place in my hometown but it was basically like a family similar to theirs i don't think they're inbred but like and a murder that happened and it was like about whether or not, like, these guys are responsible. They had very low education, like, low IQ, all this stuff. And, like, that's kind of where the idea for that episode came from, is, like, from this documentary. So what was the supernatural presence in this one? Well, I think it was just kind of that, like, that they're inbred. And, like, it was, like, God. you know, it was, it was like, most... The skull is like, they're not inbred. And yeah. Mulder's like, I believe they <laughs> it, are. It, it was mostly that. It was, like... 
It was like this weird, yeah, it was mostly that. It was just kind of the one of these like thing of the week episodes where it's like someone is murdered, like they're trying to figure it out and it's basically like this family where like their mom is like telling them to like do this stuff. Yeah. So it wasn't, yeah. That's very um, Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. I don't oh. know if anyone remembers that, but... Uh... So wait, who is this smoking man? That's uh, one, right? The cigarette smoking man, yeah. He's like this just like mysterious figure um, in the thing. He's always smoking a cigarette. Um, <laughs> and it's like he's kind of – Mulder has this history too where like his dad was also like involved in a lot of stuff. So it's like he gets stuff from from his dad. And like cigarette smoking man, there's an episode that like goes back like as a flashback to like kind of his – his starting and, and things, but it's it's all this. This is where this is where it gets, as you would think, like too adult, where it's like all these conspiracy things, yeah, about the government and yes. stuff, which like does get confusing. Um, but that's who that's who he is. Um, the cigarette smoking man is kind of this figure of that. Yeah. So those were the episodes that I didn't get because Correct. they had monster of the week episodes mm-hmm. and then they had mythology episodes. Yeah. Which essentially dealt with <clears throat> like colonization, hybrid super soldiers, like this idea that the government is like, which I get, but yeah. like those totally went over my head. Totally. And then it was an alien. I'm like, oh, I get it. That's scary. Totally. You know? Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing too. It's like the episodes that I've rewatched and that made me love the show are the Monster of the Week episodes. So it's like those are the ones that I'm watching all the time and like know everything that happens or like put on when like you know it's Christmas and I want to watch this one episode. You know, like it's these these kind of overarching mythology episodes that like are a little a little too involved to like really track really like be an expert on for mm. me personally i know a lot of x-files fans who are like very into those episodes yeah. but like my my relationship to the show is it's about these characters it's about these weird occurrences okay. rather than like the government is like spying on us and this is all this crazy stuff that's going on okay i feel that and that's why i'm excited to ask you this next one <laughs> because i'm gonna ask you about an episode and i want to stare at you because i want to see your your facial oh, reaction and the title of it okay because this is on the list and it covers everything you said but uh tell us about memento mori oh man memento mori memento mori actually a- yes tell us about it about the after these messages <laughs> This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. And welcome back. We are talking about uh, X-Files episode. We have Ella Mallory Long here with us. Uh, Danny Fernandez is uh, focused on the laptop right now. Well, I, yeah, because I have some truth to drop after yeah, yeah. this. Uh, but yeah, Memento Mori, the reason it stood out to me is this is the episode that got uh, Jillian Anderson her Emmy. So, uh, and uh, and it, and it you kind of, we kind of sprinkled on, you know, about the, the events that kind of led to this, but. I want to let Aaron take it from here. Oh, man. Um, See, it's funny. It's funny that you say... I understand that this is, like, one of those ones that people go to, um, but it's, like, it's not necessarily one that I love. It's fine. Oh, wow. Um, No, no, no. I do love it. It's just, like, it. it's it's one of the things that deals with, like, this whole, this whole thing happens where Scully gets a tumor, and then it's, like, she has an implant and stuff, and it's all these things, and so it's, like... It's after she's been abducted, which is obviously, like, a big deal. Um, and then it's just, like, <laughs> trying to figure out, like, basically what has happened with her. Like, what is going on. Which, I mean, obviously I care about and I'm interested in. But it's kind of, like, it's, like, the start of that. It's, like, her learning about this tumor, trying to, like, figure it out from a clinical perspective as she does. I mean, even in the... um in the movie, in the part that I was talking about before with the the bee sting, when she gets stung by the bee, she literally starts going like, oh, my airways are closing and I'm, like, as she's passing out. Like, it's like she is Ms. Doctor, like, to a fall. Mm-hmm. To a fall, you know? Yeah. Um, but this is kind of like, this is one of those things where, like, Scully is trying to deal with actually what happened to her which is very interesting obviously and just kind of like it's sort of her turning point of like okay this is real stuff that's going on this is a physical thing that has happened to me so I think from that perspective and from like a character perspective it's very very interesting but it's not necessarily one you like turn on to like have a good time okay you know what I mean yeah 
I wanted to say something because we were talking about the mythology, like the whole government conspiracy type episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Chris Carter, who created it, said that he was a child of the Watergate era. And so he, you know, would question authority and learn to mistrust it, that he was largely inspired by all the president's men. Oh, interesting. Uh, so that was a part of it. Um, and then another thing um, on the other side, going back to monsters, or I guess not monsters, but um, going back to how Scully came to be was that he was partly inspired by Clarice from from yeah. Silence of the Lambs and that Jodie Foster actually made a cameo in the fourth season episode called Never Again. Weird. Um, she provided the voice of Betty, a homicidal tattoo. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I've never realized that. That's amazing. That's so cool. Um, I, I feel like if you just look at a photo of Scully, you're like, oh, is this Clarice Starling? Yeah, totally. So- <laughs> oh, they're very similar. Yeah, it's they're like, very, it like, makes sense. Type A, like, breaking down, yeah. you know, why is this happening? Um, like, similar hair. <laughs> like- yeah. Another funny thing is that David Duchovny actually pushed for Jennifer Beals to play Scully. Oh, my God. For people that don't remember, she is the star of Flashdance. Wow. Um, and many other things. But um, that would be very interesting. Wow. She would be just a different type. Like, I, she's so, like, when I think of her, I always think of her as, um, like, treating Duchovny in, like, that way <laughs> of being, like, no, it's not aliens. Like, Grow the heck up. Right. Um, <laughs> like, I'm mad at you. Yeah. Um, um, I also, I mean, I would be remiss to not bring up the lone gunman, which I did forget. Um, who's these, like, three guys who, like, Mulder kind of, like, goes to? And they come up in Memento Mori as well. Um, but, like, they then had this, like, spinoff series. Like, they're, like, a bunch of nerds, you know, like, a bunch of, like, he goes to them for computer things and all this stuff. Um, and then they tried to have a spinoff series of them, which is kind really? of funny. What was it called? The Lone Gunman. Ah. I think it lasted a season, but I'm not positive. What are some of the other episodes that you that are like iconic? Like episodes that are iconic for me are like um, Bad Blood is this episode with um, Luke Wilson and uh, the kid who was like uh, the main character in the Big Green, whose name I can't think of, uh, which was like the same era. So he looks exactly the same, this, like, redheaded kid. Um, and it's basically they go to this town and there's, like, vampires is essentially, like, what's going on. But the good part of this episode is that it's told both from Mulder's perspective and from Scully's. So there's, like, from Scully's perspective, like, Luke Wilson looks like Luke Wilson and is normal and he, like, flirts with her. And from Mulder's perspective, it's, like, they literally give him, like, false teeth and, like... Like, Scully's, like, (laughs) fawning over him and stuff. And it's, like, them, like... So the episode is part, like, talking about this community of vampires that they... This town of vampires they have found and, like, what's going on. And part, like, them, like, teasing each other and flirting. So, obviously, like, very into that. Um, (laughs) Like, very into it. Um, But those are all... I mean, that's what... That's what I was going to get into before. It's, like... The episodes that that I like like and used to rewatch so much are like ones like that. Like there's an episode um called Detour where they're like supposed to be on like a community. It's like one of those where like they're not supposed to be investigating something and then they like stumble into it. And it's this like monster that's basically the the woods. Like the, you know, there's like a like a demon, like a being that exists in the trees and stuff that's killing people. And the reason why it sticks out in my child brain is because Mulder gets like hurt and they're in their 
in the forest and Scully's like holding him. And then he's like, you know, I heard the best way to stay warm is to climb naked into a sleeping bag with someone else who's already naked inside. And I was like, well, I'm 12. This is the best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) You know, so it's like it's like that kind of stuff is what in a stupid way sticks out to me. But also great episodes like um, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose, which stars um, uh, Peter Boyle. Is that his name? And he won an Emmy, I think, for it. Um, And it's just, it's just like these kind of things where they like drop in on a person and like follow the story of what's going on. There's like, um, there's this great episode called Monday where um, this woman is reliving the same day over and over as she watches her boyfriend like go and hold up a bank and she keeps trying to get in touch with Mulder and like, get through to him and like every day time she keeps Groundhog Day reliving this day and reliving this day. And like she she's like every time something goes wrong, I can't figure out what's going on. And then like, you know, so it's like a paranormal in that way where it's like she's literally stuck in the same day, but it's not like aliens. Yeah. But it's like Mulder and Scully keep dying in that episode. Like the the bank keeps exploding and she's like, this isn't right. Like you guys have to fix this. I'm trapped in hell. And then finally, like the end of the episode, spoiler alert, is that like she has to die. And oh, then wow. that's what ends it. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. Something that I think needs to be addressed, though, is that there was a pay gap. Jillian Anderson actually revealed even recently that she had to fight to be paid the same amount as Duchovny twice. First when the show originally aired, then again when it came back for two new seasons. Uh, So this is according to the Daily Beast. Anderson found herself fighting just to stand on equal ground, literally, with her male co-star because the studio initially required her to stand a few feet behind her male (laughs) partner on camera careful never to step side by side with him. And it took three years before Anderson finally closed the wage gap between her pay and Duchovny's. That is insane insane. to be, she was an award winner for this series to be treated like an other, to be treated as a sidekick to David Duchovny and not as an equal. It's Dana. I mean, Scully and Mulder. It's crazy. Like it's not one or the other. That's wild. Especially since like she's the one who was sitting around like holding down the show for two seasons. Like hundred percent. You know, like it's just as much as to clean up though. Oh, sorry. uh, Sorry, no, to clean up because the first the when she when they came back, they definitely a hundred percent should have if anything, Jillian should have got paid more than Dakota. But when they first came on, even though he was in LA for three years, he has already done Working Girl, New Year's Day, Denial, Bad Influence, Julie. I had to don't tell mom the babysitter's death the rupture so he was primarily a feature film actor mm. so that's why he didn't want to do x-files right uh because he was a he was a movie actor then wow but, yeah he must have then done twin peaks like right when he got to la but, uh, but the thing is is Which i feel is so like if, if that's the case it should have equaled out by like season two absolutely like, like by season two it's like this is a hit show they're both as important absolutely. it should have equaled out you can get away with, I think, your first season if someone has like all this over it, but season two it needs to equal out. Especially like they are literally you cannot have Mulder without no. Scully. That show would be insane without her. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. And here's the here's the simple thing that makes it like rough is like it's hard to get equity in this industry because if we show up to set together, 
no one's going to want to talk. Like if I'm on set with Danny and she's like, if how much, what's your rate right yeah. now? Yeah, no, yeah. One, no one, no one wants yeah, to have that right. combo. Right. But the, but the fact of the matter is, is we should have that combo because totally. that doesn't, that so like, so what? Why would, wouldn't you want to empower your people on set? But I think it's such a touchy thing because people are like, well, why should you get paid the yeah. same as me? But it's like if we're on a show like this and we're on the second season, like, sure, get your first season, you have more. But if we are equal importance in the show, we should be equally compensated. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Well, it's cra- – yeah. It's I mean, just- there's too many cogs in the system. I mean, we can – I don't want this to I turn think, into the Well, WGA. I was going to say, okay, so maybe that article I was reading that said he had only – maybe they were just talking about he had only been in yeah. L.A. for three years. Yeah. Because um, he had been – like you said, he had done a couple of things before then – um, although I would argue that this is what he's most known for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he had Don't tell worked. Mom the babysitter's dead is slapped. I and mean it is, but only, he's not... that was his only like one that I was like, Oh, I know that one. Yeah. But he but when I think of that, I think of Christine Applegate. Yeah. She's the star of Don't Tell Mom totally. the Babysitter's yeah. Dead. I think of her too. He's not like necessarily, in my opinion, the star. She's the star of that. Yeah. Um but um okay, yeah. So he yeah, thank you for clarifying that he had worked in in other things. I didn't grow up watching Twin Peaks, I don't want so that I didn't even Abraham know he was Lincoln in it. guy to be like to be in your mentions like, well, oh my well, gosh, actually, oh my gosh. But to, to be honest, like we were saying, it shouldn't have it should have equaled out. And then by the time, I mean, she, well, yeah, when, she no award, when she was in a war, when she was an the... when she won an Emmy for this role, right. that should have that should have really changed the pain. right. That's like, what's crazy. So. Um, that's what. That's why, like, it's it's even insane on the on the reboot that that yeah. that, that happened. That's so disrespectful well, it's, it's to wild me. Wild on to, the reboot that that yeah. would happen. Yeah, I mean, it's all like, like I said, I didn't want to turn, but that's the. I, it, it's all just a broken system, and that's yeah. what happens when you have like, uh, you know, these package deals and stuff. Yeah. is that all takes a, like it really does. I think people think like, oh, it's just the writers, but it affects people because you have agencies that's like, oh, I have this person, and I'll have her take a lower rate, mm-hmm. so that, and that's why you know, like it's all, it's all just. Muddy. And I, I did want to say oh, before someone writes me that um, David Duchovny did, he was nominated for a Golden Globe in 96 and he finally won one um, in 97 oh, for X, X-Files. Good but, job. Good job, um, David. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's also that thing where it's like, I'm like David Duchovny has the flashier role, mm-hmm. you know, which also annoys me. Like, it's like, you know, I love Killing Eve, and like I've heard a lot of people being like, "Oh, it's weird that Sandra O oh is getting attention when Jodie Comer's there and she's so great." And I'm like, "Yeah, but like, they're both great." Is the thing yeah. like they're both great in this show, and like Sandra O oh has like such a difficult that like straight man part in anything, even if it's not a comedy, is like that's hard. Like that's tough. You got to oh, you yeah. know, like that's a hard thing. Also, you don't get to do the fun stuff when you're the no yeah. fun right. police. Right. You're always totally. like, you know, it, it, it's it's so interesting because you, you'll you have that when you're like writing a show where you're like, oh, man, you don't want this person to be or like, you know, especially if you're writing a show that people who are going to be in it are in the room. Mm-hmm. You'll get like personalities being like, well, I don't want to be the one who's not fun all the time. It's like, but we need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's like as much as you're 
don't want that. We need that right. because you're the person to balance it out. Exactly. That's normally a, what we call it the dumb dad trope. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You have Homer Simpson, you have Peter Griffin, you have um, Tim the Toolman Taylor, whatever. Like <laughs> the mom is always the naggy yeah. mom because she has to. She has to. Yeah. If he's the dumb dad and he gets to have all, he's yeah. the one like lighting his pants on fire and stuff. Then you have the mom. Um, like in Mrs. Doubtfire, and she's the mean mom, the naggy yeah. mom, the. So I'm not taking away from those like iconic roles. It's just that that is often given to women. Yeah, it's a trope. Totally, totally. So it's a, an overdone trope. Um. Yeah. Do you have final thoughts, Aaron? Are there things that we miss that we need to include? The thing that is now panicking me that I have not talked about <laughs> is that there's a Simpsons episode that's a crossover oh, yeah, with the X-Files. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I remember them being Simpsonified. The Springfield Files, and it's great. And it's like, it's just, it's one of those things, I used to watch, I mean, I love The Simpsons as well, and it's like, it was a thing that we watched as a family, and my obsession with it was if my parents were laughing at something and I didn't get it, I needed to know why. And I needed to know the reference and like whatever they were referencing. And that's how I learned lots of pop culture references that I still know and I realized I learned from The Simpsons. But with the Springfield Files, I was like, oh my God, this is a whole episode that I know all the references. Like I get what they're making fun of. I get what's happening and everything. Like like, uh, Mulder's badge when he flips down is like him like in a photo shoot, like in just underwear, like animated, you know, oh, that's like funny. And it's like, because there was all these, there's all these references in the X-Files to him watching porn. He's constantly watching porn, like in the background, like you'd kind of hear something. And then he has like a waterbed that like explodes wow. in this episode Monday. Like he's like, he's always like on the edges of like sex culture and stuff. So it's just like, all these jokes in that episode that I'm like, oh, I get every reference. And it was like so good for me as a little kid, like to just be like, oh, I feel smart, like, and I get the jokes and it's funny, like just the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> that's funny that they like <laughs> your coworker just straight up watching porn while you're at work. <laughs> it was all it was all it was like usually when he was at it was usually to be fair to On him site. at his home. Oh, okay. Like at his home and it's like she would call and then he would be like oh like yeah. pausing or turning off the TV and you could kind of hear that Sounds it's like, like you know like wrote things from his real life into this. <laughs> yeah. I well and then that when that all happened I was like, oh that must have been where this came from. Yeah, I mean really they made him yeah. into the character. They were like, David Duchovny is straight up watching porn in mm-hmm. his uh, trailer. Um, thanks for coming on to talk about X-Files. Thanks for having me. What a dream. Yeah, just to, you just were, to think about the X-Files. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's out there. Wow. The truth? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to edit that down, hopefully, where you don't see how long it took me to parse those, like, two words, <laughs> three words together. Uh is there any, where can people find you and is there anything you want to promote? Um, I'm everywhere at Aaron Mallory Long. Uh, that's that's the main promoting I do just myself. Um, I do this video series where I recap episodes of Dawson's Creek, if anyone out there likes Dawson's Creek. Ooh. One of my favorite shows, also my obsession from 1998. So, <laughs> Aaron had an entire Friends podcast with our friend Jamie Woodham. I actually still I have on. that Friends podcast, yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's and, still yeah, happening. Lamar would love that. He's very, he's, I don't know when this happened. It slowly creeped in, but he had a friend's hat. 
<laughs> and then he just bought those new. I don't know if you've seen the Kyrie's that came out, but they're yeah, friends yeah, yeah. Kyrie's. He yeah. bought those, and then he bought a Ky- a friend's hoodie to go with yep. it. So I'm like, you look like a friend's super fan. <laughs> And I don't know. I, I only know who Kyrie Irving is because he loves friends. Yeah. Oh <laughs> like, my that's God. the only reason. <laughs> uh, and you know me, as always, if you way, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram. If D's on Twitch, drop those Twitch Prime subs every month. You got to do it manually until you upgrade. I, I said this last time, and a couple of y'all upgraded to just the regular monthly tier one sub, and it'll just automatically charge you. And if that floats your boat, if you never want to come back to my Twitch, but you're like, I want to give you a, a simple five bucks a month, uh, you know, uh, thank you. Uh, but you can also do that. As far as shows, I really don't have shows, but I'm going to definitely be at E3, and I'm definitely going to be at RTX. Uh, so, you know, prepare for that. I don't have dates for anything I'm doing just yet, but just go ahead and prepare for that. There you go. Um, I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez, M-S-D-A-N-I. I forgot how to spell my name. I'm at Ms. <laughs> Danny Fernandez. It's M-S-D-A-N-I-F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. Um, I think we're both going to be at Comic-Con, though. So to also prepare for that. Get your tickets in line. Because uh, I think we get to announce our Comic-Con schedule coming up pretty soon. I think that's all I have. Check out our Public site. We have a lot of cool shirts. tpublic.com slash nerdificent. If you tweet at us or tag us, we've been reposting people that, that get a shirt or a mug or whatever you want, whatever merch you want. Definitely tag us. We love seeing you in it. And like we always say, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.